Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. Good morning. And so we, this is our, our last episode of this season. Yay. Yay. How do you feel about that? Um, it feels like it's been a long time coming. <laughs> I know. I can't believe it's already been six months of yeah. podcasting and it's gone by so fast. We've talked to so many great people. It's June. Mm-hmm. 2023 is half over. Yeah. So what that means is that basically we are ending our series of interviewing individuals with the focus on art and we're going to pivot and do a season about culture and community and we're going to take more of a editorial um, like investigative approach as opposed to interviewing individuals. So each of us is going to... Well, I think we're still going to do that Well, in ways. In ways, but it's not going to... The episodes aren't going to be interview-based. No. <laughs> Parker's eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich Guess right you now. made it for me. I did. I made it. And so we're going to... Each of us is going to come to the episode with a story... Um, that we've both, you know, worked on and... Well, we're going to pick the theme for the episode. Mm-hmm. And then we're both going to bring... I really am just eating on the spot. <laughs> yeah, you really are. And There's no way I can stop you. It's <laughs> happening. We're both going to bring a story or, like, something we want to investigate. We're going to present our findings to the other person. Yes, exactly. Correct? Yes, that With is what's going to happen. Yeah, and we're going to still pull some... Quotes, uh, and but basically, we're trying to pr- surprise each other in the episode under the same theme. But our focus is still on Salt Lake City community and culture, so it is going to be a little bit more like silly and goofy and fun. And we're going to be able to show our personalities off a little bit more. Um, yeah, I think we have just um, wanted to find a different format that would allow us to. To do that, to do to insert ourselves a little bit more and to feel like we were um, more involved in the content of the episode. Yeah, I've I've loved doing the interviews. Obviously, mm-hmm. they've been amazing. But um, I've done a lot of interviews in in my life and yeah. and presenting those interviews in different ways. Yeah. And I think this is a way I haven't um, engaged with like doing research and interviews before, where I then get to be the one to present it, and that sounds really fun to me. Yeah, I am same here. I have also probably conducted like hundreds of interviews at this point. Yeah. I know you definitely have, and yeah, I'm sure we both have. And we love it, and there's there's a reason we keep doing it, but it is going to be nice and fun to explore something different and um, see how it goes. And again, this is only for another season. We're Really trying to use this podcast as a, as a place to um, figure out or explore like the many options in which we can talk about arts and culture. We want to be as creative as the individuals that we feature and the stories that we feature. Yeah. So, I think there's also an element of we this initial format of the show, not it. We just needed to start doing something. Yeah. Like we, uh, me especially, I will just think and intellectualize about what I want something to be and, oh, it needs to take the perfect shape and I need to do everything possible before I hit release and 
collaborating with you is nice because you're much more willing to be like, we're just going to do it. We're just going to get going yeah. and we're going to try something out. And I really enjoy doing this. But now that we do kind of have a rhythm and a flow, I think it's going to be fun to mix it up. Yeah, totally. And, you know, for the third season, we might go back to interview format. We might do a hybrid. We might do something totally different. So uh, thank you for sticking with us and listening through our growth and changes. Yeah. So today's episode is going to be about Granary Arts Critical Ground event. It is, I think, a biannual every other year. I'm not sure how they they framed it, but... It is an event that uh, Greenery Arts uh, puts on and invites a lot of curators, artists, and writers, and we discuss what it means to write about art, what needs are needed in, in the arts communities. Art what, criticism. Art criticism. Also kind of just bridging the gap between like coastal art representation mm. and finding pathways for people like in Utah and art that happens in Utah to be part of the conversation as opposed to only the focus being on like these coastal towns. So it's really exciting. We talked to Amy Jorgensen and Darren Jones from Critical Ground and Darren's a writer and a great, er, and Amy is an artist and runs Critical Ground is an incredible person that I've had the honor of interviewing a few times. And so we just get into it and it's a pretty you know, concise conversation and it kind of opens the door to our next episode, which is going to be, you know, kind of that presentation format about the event because we're going to the event next week. Yeah. So. So we're going to talk about the event and do kind of a deep dive on what we experienced. And then we're also going to just spend a little bit of time reflecting on these past six months, all these episodes that we've done mm-hmm. as we move into our new format. But again, this will be sort of bridging that gap. Yeah. So let's get into it. Let's do it. My name is Amy Jorgensen, she, her. I am an artist, an educator, curator, an administrator, and an arts advocate. I think I wear many, many hats. Um, And I'm the co-founder and current executive director and curator at Granary Arts. The museum, or rather, I guess we're not technically a museum, but the art space, Granary Arts, we do many things. We, uh, We do exhibitions first and foremost, and then we have supporting arts education, programming. We teach about 3,000 kids a year. Um, We do community workshops. We have a small independent film feast festival that supports regional filmmakers. And then we have Critical Ground, which happens uh, not every year, but every two, three years is the goal moving forward. And that is sort of, I think, a a key force behind many of the thinking and, and programming that we do. I'm Darren Jones. Uh, I'm an art critic. And as well as reviews of exhibitions, um, I write uh, a lot about the systems, hierarchies, and structures of our wonderful art world. Uh, that really interests me, how, how, the, uh, how the machinery works, and where, or rather, where it works and doesn't work uh, for art workers. So that's a big focus for my writing. 
Um, and my role in Granary um, Art, well, Critical Grown at Granary is ongoing advisory, participatory, evolutionary. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, that leads me to my first question. So how and when was the event conceived? And what roles did you each play in the production of Critical Ground initially? Darren originally reached out to me via email because he had, I'm going to fill in some backstory here. He had won the uh, work capital grant, Warhol capital grant. Am I getting that right? And uh, you were interested in the idea of the democratization of art criticism. So I think you found us through some article on the rib and reached out and we started this conversation and he was asking really interesting questions about art criticism outside of areas like New York and LA. And ultimately that conversation led to me saying, you have to just come here because how can we have this conversation without you actually being on the ground to see what it's like. So um, that started this lovely collaboration which evolved into Critical Ground, uh, which was in 2019 the first time. Darren came out, we uh, took him all over the state. We looked at museums, nonprofit spaces, small spaces, basement spaces. Uh, we did some studio visits and then we had two discussions with stakeholders from around the state, uh, a cross-section of artists, curators, administrators, art writers. Um, and all of that came out of this, you know, I think investment and interest uh, on Darren's part. Uh, and he brings such incredible energy and enthusiasm to this topic. So he's really a key part of, of what has become a long-term initiative. Um, so yeah, it, Darren, Critical Ground would not exist without that early conversation and outreach from Darren. Well, you know, I that article was about what I was saying earlier about what my writing is focused on, um, the, the structures and systems and how, yeah, art criticism largely focuses on the coasts and what's going on in the country. And so uh, I had um, reached out to art, institutions and museums and galleries ac across the United States in states that don't get much attention. And um, so that was fine. But um, when Amy called me and said, you you should come here, that was a, a wonderful activation of the article. Okay, great. Now I'm actually going to go. Uh, I'd had lots of phone interviews and emails back and forth with all the people that were um uh, collaborated on that article but this was making it live going there and it's so exciting and uh i was there for a week i think uh amy filled the agenda every day with the most incredible we met museum where every kind of artwork or writers as she said um artists studio visits uh i never left a state after visiting to write about it uh, feeling like I got a taste of what's going on in the entire state. Amy brought together for those meetings, uh, people from the north of Utah, south of, all over the state. Um, and it was so productive and so interesting to hear what people were very honest. And we even discussed whether um, traditional art criticism is helpful. And if so, uh, 
how and how can it be connective to larger national discourses? Um, there was there was so much uh, enthusiasm for all the topics related, and uh, yeah, I'll I'll always remember that fondly. And it did; it kicked off this initiative. Yeah, it was a lot like a road trip too. I mean, I think we spent a lot. I mean, Utah's a big state. You know, it's not like you just hop on the the subway and you're at the other side of town. You have to drive hours to get anywhere. So it felt like a sort of an adventure. And I think the the you know at the heart of it, we both knew that it was an experiment, not having done it before. And that was where a lot of the joy and fun came out of it. You know, not knowing what we were going to find, what the results were going to be, how these interactions would go, um, and. Yeah, it was really just, I think, an adventure and an experiment that first round. Out of curiosity, Darren, what excited you the most about that trip? What stood out to you the most? Uh, when I look back now, uh, the discussions that um, took place in artists' studios, uh, in the uh, meetings, we in the, the critical ground meetings, and... I mean, I've traveled to other states where there are similar issues that um, they're under-recognized, not written about, or where there is criticism, it's local and not necessarily as incisive or helpful as it might be. It's more cheerleading. Um, and so, uh, you know, our criticism has a really important role to play in helping and ushering and elevating uh, local, rural um, art scenes. Uh, but it has to take that responsibility on. And we heard from writers that that's difficult to do because they're smaller scenes and you're going to see the people that you're writing about at the next opening. <laughs> you can kind of hide in New York a little bit from, from that proximity. Um, so that's what I remember, the, the particular issues of um, states that that um, don't get written about as often as they uh, might. And also, and I, and I kind of figured I'd find this out, but that the work that's being made in states across the country um, can be just as interesting and vital and important as anything being made in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Uh, it, just because it's made there doesn't mean it's great. And because it's not made there doesn't mean it isn't. And really interested in breaking down these stereotypes and uh, snobberies. Uh, so uh, I think all of that was, was what m most appealed to me. Yeah, I would add that in the beginning, um, on that first run of critical ground, one thing that was really important in the planning uh, stages was the idea of being a model. So as a rural arts organization in central Utah, far from most things, um, we have to work on a kind of, I almost think of it like building templates, right? Because you can't reinvent the wheel and you don't have the resources to, to invest tremendous energy into everything that you do. So I was thinking a lot about how could this, how could critical ground serve as a template or a model for other places um, so that we could kind of work in the spirit of generosity and pass 
the whatever learned knowledge there is forward to another organization. And if you were able to describe what that template looks like, if you're able to, you know, paint a picture for us, um, how would you describe it? Well, I think we're learning what the template is and it's this year's iteration is going to be a little bit different. I think fundamentally it's about bringing voices together, right? And bringing sort of outside in and inside out so that everyone is sharing space at the same table. That I think is where the heart of it is in terms of a template. And then the structure, you know, we have two, two systems for, for structures. One is this idea of critical session where you have intense discussion and then um, the whole umbrella of critical ground that you're meeting on common space to explore ideas that can hopefully change the way that art criticism is approached, thought about how, how it functions within a larger ecosystem of the art world. A large part of you know the, bringing those conversations together on this common ground is whose voices are coming and who's participating in this large conversation. And I know that in this event this year, you're you're bringing together some artists, some curators, some arts writers, um, et cetera. And is that what, like the kind of group that attended the first critical ground? Yeah, it's it's very similar, really looking at, you know, who's invested in in the ecosystem, right? Or in the community, the larger community of contemporary art. I think that does involve, you know, artists, curators, the writers, administrators, everybody has a role to play in this. And I think so many artists wear multiple hats, right? <laughs> you have critics who are artists and curators who are artists and administrators who are artists and everybody's sort of cross-pollinating in the mix. So I think that kind of dynamic brings so much to the conversation as well. So yeah, we put a lot of thought into to how to create a conversation that is um, rich and diversified and, and brings multiple points of view to the conversation. If it's, I think if it's just one sector, it's not quite as dynamic or interesting. Also, I might not have this right, Amy, correct me, but uh, I think this time the structure is, is a bit more decentralized in that it's not focused around, you know, one person coming in and yeah. writing about it. There's several sessions, breakaway discussions. Yeah, we've got a lot more going on. So we have multiple sessions led by different people and groups and panels. Uh, we have a couple of field trips thrown in there, uh, so we'll have some on-site work, but it is held in central Utah at sort of with Granary Arts as the base station. Uh, and I think that's, again, important, right? Like bringing all of these voices to a decentralized place, you know, that's not sort of reorienting the center. And interestingly, Granary Arts is just a sort of spitting distance away from the actual bronze center marker of the state. Love so historically as an organization, we've been thinking a lot about what that means to be, you know, you know, physically situated so close to the center, but not really being considered the center at all in, you know, in, in the sort of larger conversation. So um, it's a really kind of elegant way to, to bring those ideas together. I'm curious what sort of feedback you got from those initial critical grounds and from the people that you had invited that you have tried to incorporate over time. Enthusiasm, I think I remember. Follow-up emails and expressions of, thank goodness we're airing this stuff. 
because we're all thinking it. To your question, Bianca, of a, a template, this would be an enormous undertaking. But yeah, exporting this conversation, going to Ohio, you know, uh, Oklahoma, and saying, are you having these issues too? Wherever, you know. But there was a, there was an, a kind of a great feeling that it had been beneficial and cathartic. And okay, maybe that's the first one. So, so interesting to see what happens later this month. Just a tremendous amount of excitement. I think people were so invested and interested in the discussion. And, you know, what came out of that what were ongoing conversations. Darren ultimately dedicated an issue of New Art Examiner to the Utah art scene. What was the title of the publication? What was the tagline? It was like, Utah plays ball with New York, I yeah. think. It was such a great title. And we had that, that image. Whose image was that on the front? Gene Richardson. It's like this giant sort of balloon soccer ball thing out on the salt flats. It's a beautiful pairing of, of image and, and sort of headline. And, uh, you know, we had writers from Utah that Darren met on the ground contributing to this international publication dedicated to ideas around what's happening in Utah. And I think the articles covered... Um, some of them are a survey, some of them are, you know, talked about sort of what the issues are, where critical ground is going, where does the discussion go. But um, that was about an 18 month process of continued conversation, um, which was really exciting to see. And I know that I think just people putting energy into this idea of art criticism, the democratization of art criticism moves the conversation forward, right? When you put thought into something, it then leads to an activation of some kind. And I think everybody felt that energy and became invested in asking really interesting questions about what do we want, where should we go, etc. Yeah, that was that was exciting. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that, that's a great thing to be able to do. Is I can go somewhere if I'm asked to, and and see and look and meet but I don't live there and work there so to be able to go to writers who do who are far more knowledgeable than I am and say well could you contribute to this uh, issue that makes up for a much fuller broader deeper conversation and um, it involves more and more people because then those three or four writers go off and talk to the artists you know there's four people writing not just me uh, zipping in and out and that's that's always galvanizing and I just the most recent one I did was uh, for San Antonio South Texas and the border and again I can't speak to uh, the art scene and uh, how it works and the issues and problems and successes as well as the writers and artists who live there so uh, there's a sense of um, devolving out you know, I think it's it's a sort of echo of what I'm often talking about is devolve power outwards and um, other people's voices. That's what I think is interesting. It sounds like what's happening is there's like this infectious, like mm -hmm. viral engagement with a virality of a way to engage with art specifically and uh that people are saying like i don't want to say we're being given permission but we're given like the space to do it and then that sort of trickles out into sort of the smaller communities yeah that's that's right 
Um, no, no one's sitting there saying like, we need to do this. It's questions. What can we do? Need we do? Um, do we want to do? It's collective. Darren, you were saying that uh, some of the feedback you had gotten was just like, uh, I'm so glad we're talking about this um, because we're all thinking it. What were some of those things or what are some of those things that people have wanted to say but felt like it was inappropriate or didn't feel like they had the space to? Well, that one I mentioned earlier that the criticism that exists might not be as helpful as it could be because of local dynamics that all artists don't want to go to New York or, or LA. They're making work in and about the places they live and come from. Uh, Wendy Wisher is my go-to example, just magnificent work about rock formations and fracking and uh, the environment. I, I loved visiting with her. Um, you know, that needs to be made where she is. That needs to be made, in, that's in and about the land, right? Mm -hmm. So people do need to make the effort to come and see that. Um, artists can have exhibitions all over the place, uh, but what a thrill to go and see it. There's a, there's a sort of um, resistance to saying that sometimes. And I want to stay here, right? And that's just as important as if I were to uproot and move somewhere else yeah the, a, a general sense of fatigue i think at, at 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 toiling away uh not having it recorded and i think this is really important that what gets written about becomes art history and already that's a fraction <laughs> you know how many famous artists is art history hung on a couple of hundred i don't know that's not the, the 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 fullness or the totality of what has been produced uh nor will be produced and even with maximum efforts you you can only ever cover a fraction of the mass of art that's made but let's make that <laughs> effort it's worth it uh it's never going to cover everything but it can cover more um so th these are a few of the the uh, frustrations and um concerns that I think everybody knows, but this was a forum to discuss them in. What else was there, Amy, that people were? Oh, you know, I think a, a, a big one was, do we need art criticism, right? Yeah, that was a great question. What is the difference between art criticism and art writing? And can they coexist within the, the arts ecosystem in the state and what is the place for each of those in the Utah arts community. Um, so that was really interesting. And I think that also circles back to what you said about um, how do you write about your friends because it's such a small community. Um, and, and uh, but I think that's a great question. Um, and there's certainly room for, for both, I think. Even in just this conversation, it, it excites me to hear you say that about those topics. You know, how do you write about your friends or what's the difference between art criticism and arts writing? Because that is so true. Parker and I both have a lot of experience in arts writing in Utah. And I don't think I've seen much art criticism here. It's not really necessarily part of the art culture. And it was really fun to talk to Alex as we prepared our course for this upcoming- Alex Ortega. Alexander Ortega. Um, as we prepared our course for this upcoming Critical Ground, because there was so much that we were, it was kind of like therapy 
because not only were we able to tap into these talking points that we haven't really had the chance to dig into since we've just been in action mode of writing, but we were able to unpack them and unpack how where we come from personally as just individuals and what our history has what our history has contributed to our trajectory in arts writing and what how, how that's led us to where we are today. So I mean, I already feel the spirit of what Critical Ground is offering, and it's so exciting, and I cannot wait to be there in person to um and for you to be there as well and to meet all of you and to be together and and in a really peaceful place that is greenery arts you know and, and Ephraim and just enjoy uh, such a fruitful conversation um and talking points are there any topics or like issues in the art community that in or in arts criticism or art writing that you're hoping to touch on this year that maybe haven't been talked about or that you're just excited to bring up and I back up one moment I loved hearing your comment just now that you kind of feel the spirit of what this gathering is about. Um, firstly, because I I think of it like a think, it's more of a think tank. It's not a conference, it's a think tank among peers and colleagues. So even though we have presenters, um, I specifically ask presenters to think of it as a discussion and to think of it both in a kind of generous and generative way but also to think about what questions do you have for your peers, right? So it's it's not you or the presenter speaking to the audience in a one-way one way sort of mode. It's, it's a discussion on sort of equal ground, so to speak. So I just loved hearing your comment. I'm glad that that's seeping in already. Also your comment that Ephraim is peaceful. I love that because what we're doing is agitating, right? We're, we're talking and fomenting and agitating ideas and discourse. And then, you know, it's fantastic and energetic. Then you can go outside and you're in Ephraim. It's just peace. I think silence is very, very powerful in the sense that when there's like silence and peace available, that's when our real thoughts and that's when our desired comments and ideas come out so yeah. that's what I love about Ephraim because it, it gives you that space and that room to really attack the things that you want to express I think for your for your question about issues and possible issues and criticism and writing about art um I, I'm not sure but I'm interested to see what comes up um I know what my issues are but I, I talk about them I bore people with them all the time. So I'm interested to see what, what everybody, this new expanded group has to say when we're, uh, what they think are the issues. Then, then I can, that's fantastic. Then I can go off and think and distill and consider, all right, well, how, how, how might this become an article? And you'll be writing an article about this year's event? Um, I'm not sure, you know, talking about, evolving things and moving them on I'm not sure that it's helpful that I again do that um maybe someone else will freshness and newness <laughs> uh, are really important to 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 um initiatives that are getting going like this I'd love to we'll see uh but maybe somebody else has a more pressing 
voice this time around. So since we only have a little bit more time left, I'd love to give you the room to just maybe describe what this year's event's going to look like and talk about what the programming looks like. Sure, I can give you a, a rundown of what the day will look like. We'll begin at Granary Arts and Darren and I will provide historical context and introduce the, the day. Uh, and then we have a, a group from Southwest Contemporary. Uh, what's really great about Southwest Contemporary is that they are the first publication to wholly invest in regular reporting from in Utah, which I think is just extraordinary. So Lauren Truss, the publisher and owner, will be there, Natalie Haggart, Steve Jansen, and Scotty Hill, who does a lot of writing with them. Uh, we have Shana Nis Dambrot, which I'm really excited about. She's from LA. She writes for LA Weekly. She recently won the Rabkin uh, Art Critic Prize. Uh, she will be bringing the kind of outside urban voice to our rural place and discussion. Um, but what's fantastic about her is that she is such an advocate for these ideas um, and I think brings tremendous energy. Um, we'll be taking a field trip and Hikmet Lowe will be presenting at the site of the bronze center marker, kind of talking about these ideas of of what it means to be the center or outside the center. Uh, we'll head back to Granary and Bianca Velasquez, you and Alexander Ortega will be presenting. Um, and then we have a field trip to Ratfink Museum and the Roth family will take us on a personalized tour of the Big Daddy Roth Ratfink Museum, which yeah. is just down the way from us. So it'll be a really full packed uh, gathering. And one thing that I keep thinking, you know, in my head as this, as this kind of gets closer and closer is that um, I have no agenda and no mission. I like the idea that you have a gathering and all the best conversations happen in the hallway. So that's the kind of, you know, space that I'm trying to create, um, that there will be great conversations have happening in the in-between spaces um, and it will just be a really sort of fantastic time for everyone. I really love that you said that. It's, um, that's so true. <laughs> having an event and then, you know, or like a camping trip and all the best connections and all those things happen went outside of like the programming. So it's like produce set pieces. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. I am. It's great to meet you now, but I can't wait to see you in person. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 yeah. and I'm so glad life. you're doing the podcast too. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Looking from the outside in, what do you find exciting about Critical Ground, having not been before? The opportunity to be in the same space as a lot of people that I've worked with separately in many ways, and, and then being together. And I know that the based off of what I know about the event, there's just going to be a lot of opportunity to be transparent to everybody at once, you know, which is a really exciting opportunity for me. For me, it's definitely tied up in having spent a lot of time in Ephraim. Um, I had a lot of aspirations to like be a like capital J journalist or capital A art writer, I, art, art critic and didn't really end up going that way but in the last few years I've kind of tried to invigorate my own relationship to that stuff um, and and Bianca assigned me a lot of art writing while I was at Slug but I'm just excited to be there 
and to be kind of in that context of of central Utah and to think about these things because it's a place that I was, you know, 13 years ago and um, just a lot has changed for me. So it's going to be fun to look at myself in that context. I think it's going to be interesting for both of us to be there together because I'm coming in as someone who just recently discovered Ephraim really like and started going in person in the last like few years having written about it in the last like five years and uh just having a more recent appreciation and connection and relationship with it and Parker's is more you know just their history as going there in, in college and having their own relationship with the museum or with granary arts as a place that you just went to because you loved it yeah, I mean, it was the QAC at the time. I feel like the the spirit and legacy was, there's there similarity. Well, great. Awesome. We'll see you in a couple of weeks then. What a great kickoff. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was our conversation with Amy Jorgensen and Darren Jones. And I am really looking forward to this event next week. I, as you heard, I'm going to be teaching a course with my previous editor and colleague, Alexandra Ortega. And I'm looking forward to talking more about how that went on our next episode. But if you're in Ephraim or in the San Pete Valley at all, um, always make sure to stop by and check out Greenery Arts and just check out the town in general. It is a very cool place and I find it very special. The drive there from Salt Lake City in is always, there's always like a lot of herds of sheep everywhere and it's, it's just, it's really cute. It's quite magical and I highly recommend it. I wanted to spend some time uh, talking about some events that are happening this weekend or coming up. First, uh, Mao Barota. Oh my goodness, I can't even say his name. Mao <laughs> um, is uh, Baroteran. Baroteran? Baroteran? I don't know. Um, sorry, Mao. But uh, he's having a show tomorrow at for through Eight Hundred One Salon, who curates these monthly artist showcases. Um, I've been doing it for a few years now and do a really great job. On Saturday, June 17th from 7 to 10 p.m. at Shadowplay SLC. So if you're able to go, I would make it out there if you can. And then Jill Witt, who's another amazing local artist, is having a solo exhibit on the 7th of July at Blank Space Gallery in Ogden from 6 to 9 p.m. And also, if there's an event, an art event or a show or something that you feel should be promoted on this platform, please let us know. Uh, we'd love to just give more of a platform or a free platform for people to promote their events. Um, so yeah, if you want to promote something free of charge, just hit us up because that is what we want to do. Um, obviously, we don't have any ads or any type of funding in that way. We all fund this ourselves. So uh, we find it to be important to make sure that uh, artists and individuals have the space here to promote things and not be charged for it. Um, awesome. Okay. Well, make sure to follow us on all of our platforms. We are on Instagram, Locomotive Podcast. We're on, we have a website, locomotivepodcast.com, and we have a Twitter that I will eventually 
be running soon. I think after this season, um, I'm going to have a lot more time to provide maintenance to all those other areas promoting this podcast. That's another reason why we're pivoting. Um, we're both freelance writers, so we are already like coordinating and setting up interviews and conducting interviews and doing research and all that stuff. Um, just that already takes up so much of our time. So having kind of one less thing to do that for will provide us a lot more time to amplify the voices here on this podcast and make sure that we're getting more of an audience. So really looking forward to that. A lot of great things are coming, but so far we are so grateful for you to have joined us and been part of this. And um, we hope you keep listening.